Hallelujah. Let's open our Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We've been, we, start, we started studying about the gifts of the Spirit from last week. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll read from, we'll read verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Hallelujah. So the, Paul is speaking to the Corinthian church. He said, Concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant or lacking understanding. Hallelujah. And then he said, You know. He said, Hey, you know who you are. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away with dumb idols, even as you were led. And I, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse. And no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. And then, see, we need to understand why he said this. He's telling the Corinthian church, you guys were Gentiles. You guys were Gentiles. Now what did the Gentiles do? Let's look at chapter 6, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. We'll read verse 9 to 11. It says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now look at that. He is talking about a whole list of people. Alright. He started with fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate. The word effeminate means male prostitutes. Or abusers of themselves with mankind, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. All these people, he said, they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, why did he say that? And look at the next verse. He's, next verse. He says, and such were some of you. Look at that. The Corinthian church or the peoples to whom he is writing, saying, you guys were like this. So that means you can imagine the kind of people in the church in Corinth. They were what? Id fornicators, idolate, id idolaters, adulterers, male prostitutes, abusers of themselves, then thieves, covetous, drunkards, revilers, extortioners. These are the kind of people that are there in the church. You need to understand that the Corinth was a port city. It's like a port city, maybe like Mumbai or uh, Vishakapatnam or Cochin, uh, Chennai. It's a port city. It was established by Julius Caesar to, as a port city and all the ships would come there. All the sailors would come there. And uh, he, Julius Caesar believed that he was a descendant of the goddess Aphrodite or she is a goddess of sex. So what he did was he encouraged that to be like, um, what do you say, an open sexual place where all kinds of sexual activities happen. And the Corinthians, they considered themselves open to all these things. 
See, they did not have, if you study history, they did not name themselves as heterosexual or homosexual, nothing. They were like, we are open to all kinds of sex. That's the kind of people he's talking to. They were idolaters. All kinds of sex. That meant they said, we're just sexual people. Anything sexual, we'll, get, we'll, 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 we'll work with it. Everybody, from small to old, young and old, everybody. And it's a port city, so people come from everywhere. And homosexuality was so rampant there because most of the sailors, they're just men. So these things were very common there. That's why they had male prostitutes. So these are the kind of people who got saved and who are in the church. And Paul is speaking to these kind of people. So, so now what happened? Let's look at... Um, yeah, verse 11 says, And such were some of you, but you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Look at that. It said, you were all like this before, but now you are a different group of people. Now you are washed, you are, you are sanctified, that means holy, separated unto God. You are justified, that means declared righteous. Declared righteous. Justified means just as if you have done nothing wrong. Look at that. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's describing the group of people to whom he is writing. Let's go to chapter 1. Chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It says, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. This is verse 1. Through the will of God and Sosthenes our brother. Unto the church of God which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that are in every place, call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Look at that. That is his first addressal to the, to the church in Corinth. He said, I'm writing to the church in Corinth, them who are sanctified, that means you are holy, called to be saints, all the believers. In the church said you are saints but we know their, their history this is the group kind of people who are there we read their description earlier all right now they are saints and he's writing to them and then verse 3 says grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance, in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at that. It's a grand description of the Corinthian church. He said, you guys come behind in no gift. Talk, the word gift is charisma. All right, That's the gifts, talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We'll explain about that a little later said the gifts of the spirit he's saying in your church all the gifts of the spirit are operating all the gifts are operating such a wonderful church the church in Corinth you know you are lacking no gift that means the nine gifts that we read about in 1st Corinthians chapter 12 we'll read it again it said all the nine gifts are operating in that church you lack no gift hallelujah Let's see that. Go to chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 4 says, 
there are diversities of gifts the same uh, but the same spirit there are differences of administration but the same lord there are diversities of operations but it is the same god which works all in all but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all for to one is given by the spirit the word of wisdom to another word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another the gifts of healing by the same spirit to another working of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another diverse kinds of tongues and another interpretation of tongues but all these works that that one and the self same spirit dividing to every man severally as he wills so you see the the nine different gifts of the spirit that we read about they're all operating in that church all these gifts all these gifts now go to chapter 3 first corinthians chapter 3 we read this last week but just a uh, refreshing verse 1 first corinthians chapter 3 verse 1 says and i brethren could not speak unto you as spiritual but as unto carnal even as unto babes in christ look at that in chapter 1 he is giving a grand description of the church but by chapter 3 he is saying hey all the gifts are operating in you among you but i cannot speak to you as mature people you are still babies you are carnal that means you are still fleshly hallelujah so what does this mean this means that even though you see the gifts operating in a person or in a particular church that does not indicate that they are mature people in christ spiritual maturity does not depend on the gifts spiritual maturity does not depend on the gift a person can operate in the gifts but that can be a, he can be a very fleshly person he can be a very fleshly person i know some of us may know different people very prominent in the gifts but the flesh is crying out too much see here the corinthian people we know their background they came from these things but then what happened they received jesus the grace of god started operating in the church and all the gifts are there but they are still carnal people fleshly people they yield to the lust of the flesh hallelujah all kinds of problems were there in the church that's why paul is writing these things to them he is taking time to explain the gifts to them because they were misusing it they were misusing it the gifts were operating but then it was being misused we saw last week that many people when the gifts start operating they put a lot of focus on the gifts they put a lot of focus on the gifts and instead of glorifying the one who gave the gifts and the one through whom the gift is i mean the one who gave the gifts they are glorifying the person through whom the gift is operating hallelujah it's a, it's it's something that we need to understand the gifts are for everybody let's uh, go to chapter 12 again chapter 12 verse 7 says the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with all the manifestation of the spirit manifestation means display 
it's not just simply any display the grand display of power of the spirit is given to every man that means this is for every single believer so the will of God for every single believer is that every single one of you should operate in the gifts of the spirit that is the will of God it is it is the will of God that everyone should be used by God through the gifts of the spirit but it is not for that person to profit it's for others the gifts of the spirit operating through you is not for your profit it's, it's for the profit of the church for the people are you understanding this but many times we see today the present condition of the churches the gifts are used for the person's profit the person through whom the gifts is operating they start to use it for profit and there is a lot of misuse of the gifts happening in the church that's why we are studying about these things so that we will understand number one that th these gifts are for every believer every single born-again believer child of God is supposed to flow in the gifts of the Spirit these nine gifts of the Spirit every single one of them hallelujah it is not for their personal profit it's for the profit of the church hallelujah it brings glory to Jesus hallelujah we see it says and it operates as the spirit wills that's what verse um, which one was it verse 11 says all these works that one and the self same spirit dividing to every man severally as he wills as he wills so these gifts operate as the Holy Spirit wills but the good news is the Holy Spirit is always willing the question is are you willing are you willing to be used by God for these gifts to operate through you that's the problem the general understanding in the body of Christ is oh these gifts are for special people special anointed people they are special people only through them the gifts will operate rest everybody are commoners no 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 we are all the body of Christ hallelujah the body of Christ means the anointed one with the anointing so we are the body of the anointed one with the anointing so if the head Christ is the head and we are the body if the head is anointed is the body anointed yes the body is anointed what is the body anointed to the body is anointed to perform what the head wants hallelujah so you need to understand as born again children of the of the creator of heaven and earth we are anointed it is the will of God that each one of you should operate in the gifts hallelujah and the first step into uh, first step to open yourself for the gifts to operate through you is number one be baptized in the spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues hallelujah that's the first step you need to be baptized in the spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues Jesus said you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Judea Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth that's Acts chapter 2 sorry Acts chapter 1 verse 8 
So you will receive power. Hallelujah. So you will receive the power. That means you are ready to be a powerful witness of the resurrected Christ. Hallelujah. That's step number one. Step number two is you need to have accurate knowledge of the gifts and how it operates. Hallelujah. Number three, number, actually number two is you need to know that it is for you. That God wants to use you with these gifts for the benefit of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. That's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 31, the first part says, covet earnestly the best gifts. Covet, that means desire. Desire. It says best gift. I will explain about that as we study in detail. But it is the will of God, number one, that we should not be ignorant about it. That's what verse 1 says, that we should not be ignorant about it. And the last verse says, we should covet the gifts. We should covet the gifts. We should desire that the gifts should operate through us. Hallelujah. Are you understanding this? It is the will of the Holy Spirit to use you, but are you willing? And your willingness comes by proper knowledge. Only when you have knowledge that God wants to use you, that this is for the whole body of Christ, every man can operate in this, only then you will be willing to let the Spirit use you, to let these gifts operate through you. Are you understanding this? This is very important. It's very important. Now the Corinthian church, if you read Acts chapter 18 verses 1 to 18, all right, Acts chapter 18 verses 1 to 18, it tells us how Paul started the church in Corinth. You, you can read, read through that in chapter Acts 18 verses 1 to 18. Paul actually stayed in Corinth for 18 months and he started the church there. But if you read that, you will see that it does, it does not mention much about any grand display or the, or the gifts operating there. Hallelujah. But let's look at a few scriptures here. Go with me to... Um, where is it? 1 Corinthians. Let me get that. Chapter 2, we will read verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4. Paul is saying, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. He says, My preaching and my speech was not simply by uh, excellent or grand elaborative words he said but my preaching was with a demonstration of the spirit and power that means the word demonstration means to point to something and draw an attention to it point to something and draw an attention to it that's how paul preached the gospel to them so when he preached the gospel there was a demonstration of the spirit are you understanding this? So the Corinthian church is used to it. They've seen the signs and wonders operating when they got saved. Hallelujah. 
Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. 2 Corinthians 12, 12. It says, Truly the signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs and wonders and mighty deeds. He said, My apostolic calling was confirmed among you through signs, wonders and mighty deeds. Look at that. To this, he said, where is it? The signs of an apostle were wrought among you in all patience, in signs, wonders and mighty deeds. The word signs means demonstration of power. Sign means demonstration of power. The word wonders means and even so astounding that you are out of words to describe it. That's the meaning of the word wonders. That it so happened, you're like wondering, wow, how did this happen? So baffling. Like, wow, this is too much. How can these things happen? So Paul is saying, the signs, the confirmation that I am an apostle of God sent to you was confirmed by all these signs and wonders and miracles. The gifts of God operated through Paul. Hallelujah. And that's how it was confirmed. That's how the church in Corinth started. Hallelujah. So the people there in, in, Corinth, in the church of Corinth, they, they started their Christian journey through signs and wonders by seeing these gifts operate. Hallelujah. So by the time Paul finished with them, all these gifts were operating through them. How, what did Paul do in the church? Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 10 says, According to the grace of God which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds thereon, but let every man take heed how he builds thereupon. For other foundation can no man, no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Look at that. That is 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. He said, according to the grace given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. Now what is the foundation he is talking about? It's the foundational doctrines. It's the foundational doctrines. He said, for no other foundation can anybody lay except the foundation which is Jesus Christ. But we saw that originally it means, no other foundation can any man lay except the foundation laid by Jesus Christ. And what was the foundation laid by Jesus Christ? The foundational doctrines. The doctrines that we read about in Hebrews chapter 6. It's Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 says, these are the original teachings of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said in Matthew 18, verse 18 and 19, He said, Go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them what I have taught you. So Jesus laid the foundation by teaching these foundational doctrines. Then He told His He made disciples. He made disciples by teaching these foundations. Then He told them, Now you go make disciples. How? By teaching them what I taught you. Hallelujah. So what did Paul do in the Corinthian church? He preached the gospel. They turned to Christ. They received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. 
because they saw the signs and wonders and the gifts of the Spirit operating through Paul. Hallelujah. And then what did Paul do? He taught them the foundations. And by the time Paul was finished with them, what happened? All the gifts of the Spirit started operating through each, each and every one of them. All the nine gifts. So the Corinthian church is familiar with the gifts. But what happened was, what happened was, they started misusing the gifts. Because Paul taught them the foundation. The gifts started operating, but there was not enough information about the gifts. They started misusing the gifts. So everybody started giving prophecy and people started glorifying the person who is, uh, through whom the, uh, the gift is operating. And it became a mess. It became a real mess. Hallelujah. So here in chapter 12, let's see what happens. Verse 3 says, Wherefore I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. Wow. Now Paul is telling them, Hello, I want you to understand that nobody speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. Nobody speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. Why did he say that? Probably because there is somebody there who is calling themselves very spiritual and claiming that they are prophesying or the gift is operating through them and then they are cursing Jesus at the same time. You seeing that? It's a misuse of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And then he said, no man can say that Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. So he's rectifying something. He's teaching and explaining to them how the gifts operate. Hello, you need to understand. Hey guys, hello. Nobody can call Jesus cursed if he is operating through the Spirit of God. Because these guys started misusing the gifts. They were carnal. That means they were fleshly. So they started making up prophecies. They started making these things, uh, acting too much and all kinds of fleshly display. And people started following those things. Like we see, we've seen. I'm sure all of you have seen probably WhatsApp uh, videos or in Facebook or other places where people do all kinds of uh, drama saying it's the, it's the Holy Spirit operating. All kinds of stuff. But sometimes they, those things look so funny. People barking. What is that? Will the Holy Spirit degrade a man or a child of God or a person created in the image of God to sit there and bark like a dog? Are you seeing that? I've seen videos where the people are just barking. Whoa, 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 whoa. What is that? The Holy Spirit will not degrade the image of God. He will not put the image of God to such a low level. No, no. Yes, you can fall under the Spirit of God, under the power. You may be laughing, but He will not put you to shame. He will not put you to shame. He will not degrade you. Hallelujah. I've seen videos where ladies throwing away all their clothes and just, just dancing and, and showing all kinds of vulgar stuff. And that is not the Spirit of God. Those are just fleshly, carnal things. People misusing the, uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit with fleshly demonstration. It happens. It, it, is, it is happening in the church right now. That's why we need to understand these things. 
in your Christian journey, you will see a lot of these stuff. You will see a lot of these stuff. So we need to have clear understanding of the gifts of the Spirit so we can discern them. And also we will be available for the Holy Spirit to work through us. See, the purpose of God is, the God, our God is a loving God. Our God is love. Hallelujah. You see chapter 12 describing everything about the, the gifts. And immediately chapter 13 talks about love. Let's read chapter 13 verse 1. Chapter 13 verse 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and angels and have not love, I am become like a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith so that I could move mountains and have not love, I am nothing. Look at that. And it continues to explain about the love of God. I would encourage you to read the Amplified Bible and see how it describes the love of God. See, our God is love and that love is put in our hearts today by the Holy Spirit. That's Romans 5.5. 5. So any demonstration of the Holy Spirit is an act of love. Why? Our God wants to bless His people. God wants to comfort His people. God wants to encourage and exhort His people. Hallelujah. It is not simply any fleshly or carnal display. No. So all the manifestation of the gift is to bring God glory and to edify, exhort and comfort the church. Hallelujah. Otherwise, it is just some publicity stunt. It is simply a publicity stunt. We have seen, I've seen it live happen right in front of my eyes. I'll tell you how things happen. <coughs> I don't think I should say this. Everybody has got a Facebook account. So you register for a meeting. They make sure that registrations are important. You register for a meeting. They collect your details. Then what? There is, some, there is a person assigned to check out your Facebook profile, gather all the information, and then as the man of God is there, these information are transferred via WhatsApp to him. And then suddenly the person will take the phone and look at it and then come and say, this thing, I call this name, this date. These things are happening. <laughs> These things are there. It is very common today. And then they call out details. What if the Facebook information is wrong? These blunders have happened. So, these are happening. And they call it the gifts operating. And these bring publicity to the person. It is very common. It is very common. So, we need to identify it. We need to have proper knowledge about these things. Go to chapter 12. We'll study in detail about these things. Chapter 12. Mm. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Chapter 14. I'm sorry. Chapter 14. Chapter 14. Verse 29 says, let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. Look at that. It says, when a prophecy comes or when somebody who claims himself to be a prophet says something, 
the other person has to judge it. You have to judge it. The hearer has to judge it. If it is based on the word of God. Or if it is something that the Holy Spirit has already prompted in your heart. So it, we have to judge it. How can you judge it if you don't know the word of God? How can you judge the prophecy if you are not familiar with the operation of these gifts? People just blindly obey. They just say, the prophet said, so I am doing it. And what happens? They call it Pentecostal tragedies. Pentecostal tragedies. People who don't know the word, they just run from one meeting to the other, from one prophet to the other prophet, listen to what they say, and then just blindly do it without being led by the Spirit, without knowing if it is from the word of God. They do it and then they suffer. Hallelujah. We need to understand, the dispensation that we are living in is a dispensation of the Holy Spirit. We are completely different from the Old Testament people. We are completely different from Old Testament people. All the characters that we read about in the Old Testament, they were not born again. Their spirits were separated from God. Hallelujah. They did not have the Holy Spirit living in them. And if God wanted to speak to his people, he would use three kinds of people. Either the king or the prophet or the high priest. If God wants to speak to his people, the Holy Spirit would come upon these three people. And then for a, for a certain short period of time, the Spirit would come upon them and they would speak as oracles or as microphones for God. Hallelujah. You need to understand that. But after God speaks, the Holy Spirit lifts. They don't have the Holy Spirit dwelling in them. But today, as believers, as born again children of God, we have the Holy Spirit living inside us. Hallelujah. Romans 8. Let's look at Romans 8. Verse 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So you can say it this way. The sons of God, or even the daughters of God, hallelujah, they are supposed to be led by the Spirit of God. That's the primary way a believer is supposed to be led. You are supposed to be led by the Spirit of God, not by any prophecy. Hallelujah. The primary way a believer is supposed to be led is by the Spirit of God. You are a child of the living God. The Spirit of God is living inside you. And one of the ways, one of the job description of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit is to guide you into all truth and show you things to come. Hallelujah. That's John chapter 16. Let's read that. Um, uh, let me see that. Where is that? May have gotten the description. Yeah, John sixteen, verse thirteen. Sorry, 
how be it when he the spirit of truth is come he will guide you into all truth he shall not speak of himself whatever he shall hear that shall he speak and he shall show you things to come hallelujah jesus is speaking to his disciples so if you are a disciple of jesus christ you are primarily supposed to be led by the spirit of god hallelujah we have to train ourselves to be led by the spirit to hear his voice that's a primary way every believer is supposed to be led but what happens most of them don't know how to be led by the spirit they don't know that that the holy spirit is inside them most believers don't know they they try to follow the pattern set in the old testament in the old testament they listen to the prophet the prophet was the was the voice of god in the new testament it's different it's different we are all supposed to be led by the spirit of god that's a primary way and as you yield to the leading of the spirit by praying in tongues by studying the word you become sensitive to the leadings and promptings of the spirit of the holy spirit you'll be you'll be available for him when he is speaking to you hallelujah many times in marriage the husband is working all the time the wife is at home the husband is busy all the time traveling i'm talking about experiences from my own family hallelujah yep husband is always busy wife is at home sometimes she is working she has come back home take care of the kids they are busy they don't have time for each other they don't have time for each other so they don't know what the other person is thinking hallelujah what happens there is no relationship there is no fellowship today the holy spirit is living inside us and we need to have fellowship with the holy spirit and primarily that comes by praying in tongues and reading the word hallelujah here it says in verse uh, 13 we see that he will guide you into all the truth for he shall not speak of himself the holy spirit will not make anything by himself what will he what will he do it says whatever whatever he shall hear that shall he speak from where will he hear from god the word of god so whatever the holy spirit tells you will be according to the word of god hallelujah so as a believer you need to be primarily led by the spirit of god be praying in tongues be connected to the anointing connected to the power source of heaven when you pray in tongues you're edifying yourself you're charging yourself that's what first corinthians chapter 14 says when you pray in tongues you're edifying you're charging yourself you're connected to the power source and you become sensitive to the leadings and promptings of the holy spirit so when the holy spirit wants to use you with the gifts you are available he always wants to use you to be a blessing to others god we saw the god is a god of love he is love he is love and he loves his children he loves the church so he wants to use whoever is available to be a blessing to the church so if you are available he will use you are you understanding this so god wants to use each one of us with the gifts of the holy spirit let's go to first corinth first peter chapter 4 verse 
it says as every man has received the gift even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God look at that that's first Peter chapter 4 verse 10 as every man has received the gift every man every man you minister to whom to one to another one to another so every man can be used with the gift to minister to another hallelujah hallelujah we need to understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for others not for you not for you it's for others when you are speaking to somebody when you're ministering to somebody the gifts will operate through you and primarily in a church situation it is it operates through the person in charge through the through the person who is leading the service hallelujah most of the time it is the pastor or the speaker hallelujah as he yields himself to the Holy Spirit are you getting the picture but it is for every single one when you go out there when you step out there speak to someone you are making yourself available for the Holy Spirit to use you through the gifts with the gifts hallelujah so if you want to see the gifts operating through you you need to step out you need to take that step up, step out there and start ministering to people preach the gospel and the gifts will start operating through you it will start working through you will start seeing the word of knowledge word of wisdom prophecy tongues interpretation of tongues gifts of healings discerning of spirit all these things operating through you hallelujah so to understand this we will look at one word that is common in all the scriptures that we read right now I don't know if you observed it there is one verse that is very common in all the portion of scriptures that we read let's look at it one more time 1st Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4 it says I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ that in everything you are enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge hallelujah it says I thank God for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ the word grace hallelujah it says the word grace is used 129 times in the New Testament 129 times in the New Testament and it is not actually a Christian word it is not a Christian word the writers of the New Testament at that time because the church is new and when they are writing the letter they used commonly used words in the local among the local people to write the Bible the word grace actually is it means the Greek word is charis which means the touch of gods I said gods because they had so many gods a touch of God so that they believe that when a God touched you he gave you special favor he gave you, he empowered you with special abilities that you did not have before and you acted and demonstrated supernatural 
stuff, supernatural abilities. That's the meaning of the word grace or charis. Charis. And the word uh, gift is the Greek word charisma. That means a demonstration of the supernatural empowerment of the gods. You seeing that? A demonstration or the manifestation of the special empowering or favor that you received. That is the called gift or charisma. You are seeing this. So, this word grace is used 129 times in the New Testament. It means when you became a believer, you received that grace. You receive the, the grace, a special empowerment from the creator of heaven and earth to represent him. Hallelujah. Let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Our time is running out. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. verse 19 or we will read verse 18 and 19 it says and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation look at that all says all things are of God who has reconciled us the word reconciled means restored to favor Restored to favor with God by grace. Restored to favor and has given you the ministry of reconciliation. And has given to each one of you a ministry that will bring other people into favor with God. Seeing that. You have a ministry. It's called the ministry of reconciliation. That means a ministry that is restoring people into favor with God. Hallelujah. And the next verse says, um, verse 20 says, We then are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. Look at that. Who are you now? An ambassador for Christ. An ambassador for Christ means the anointed one with the anointing, with the special empowering. You are an ambassador now. That means you are representing Him. Hallelujah. So here we saw that the Corinthian church, they started, the, the church was started with a grand demonstration of God's power. When Paul preached to them, there was a demonstration of God's power. Signs, wonders, miracles, mighty deeds. It was demonstrated. So they are used to it. They saw a man who is empowered by God. Operating with supernatural abilities. They saw it with their eyes. And as they yielded to it, the same thing started happening with them. So they became familiar with this. That's why Paul said, I thank God for the grace of God. The grace of God. Let's read that again. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 4 says, 
on behalf of the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by Him, in all utterance, in all knowledge. The word utterance and knowledge are talking about the gifts. We saw last week that there are nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we classified them into three groups. Three of them are classified as utterance gifts. Utterance gift, that is the word of knowledge, sorry, um, tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. Utterance gifts or gifts that say something. Three of them are called revelation gifts or gifts that reveal something. That is word of knowledge, word of wisdom and discerning of spirit. And then the other three are called power gifts or gifts that demonstrate something. That is um, gift of supernatural faith, then working of miracles and one more is there. What was it? Did I miss? What did I miss? Sorry. Gift of faith and gifts of healings. So there are three utterance gifts, gifts that say something. That is tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. And then there are three revelation gifts or gifts that reveal certain things. That is word of wisdom, word of knowledge and the discerning of spirits. And gifts that demonstrate power or power gifts. That is uh, gift of special faith, working of miracles and gifts of healing. Hallelujah. So when Paul is saying that you come short in... So it says... Um, the grace is given to you by Jesus Christ that in everything you are enriched by Him in all utterance. That means all the utterance gifts. Tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy. And all knowledge, that is the word of knowledge. And all those things are operating among them. And then he said, you come behind in no gift. All the gifts. So all these gifts are operating in that church. Why? Because of the grace of God. The grace that empowered them. Hallelujah. Let's look at a few more verses before we close. Acts chapter 4. We'll read verse 33. Acts chapter 4, verse 33. It says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great grace was upon them all. Look at that. With great power, they, they became witnesses of the resurrection of the Lord. With great power. And what happened? Great grace was upon them all. That means great empowerment. Great favor. Hallelujah. That they demonstrated power. Hallelujah. Are you understanding this? Let's look at a few more scripture. Acts chapter 11, verse 23. Acts chapter 11, verse 23. Here, Barnabas is in the city of Antioch. Barnabas, he came to the city of Antioch and he says, When he came, he saw the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. It says he saw the grace. That means there was something that was visible. Something that was visible. Something that showed itself. Something that was demonstrated for his eyes to see. 
He saw what? The grace or the empowering or the working of this great power of God. He saw it. Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. Here it's again talking about the gifts of the Spirit. Verse 6. Romans chapter 12 verse 6 it says, Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to each one. Hallelujah. Gifts according to the grace. Hallelujah. See when you are touched by the grace of God, Hallelujah, it manifests as spiritual gifts. The gifts start operating. When the empowering of God comes upon you, the gifts start operating. There will be manifestations of the spiritual. Hallelujah. Let's see a few more scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Or uh, let's see, we read that already. Mm. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. It says, Whereof Ephesians chapter 3 verse 7, Paul is speaking, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. Paul is saying, I became a minister of God. Who was Paul before? He was a murderer. He was killing Christians. And that person, now who is he? He is a minister of God. How did that happen? He received a touch of God's power. He received grace. He received grace. And what happened? That grace transformed him. When the grace of God, when the power of God touched him, it transformed him. And what happened to him? He became a minister of God. Hallelujah. But now there is also some warnings about grace. There are some warnings that is given. Let's look at that. And we will close with that. Galatians Chapter 2 verse 21. Galatians chapter 2 verse 21. He says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness comes by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Hallelujah. Look at that. He says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. I do not frustrate the grace of God. If you don't embrace the grace you will frustrate it you need to understand that the grace or the power of God is available to you the favor of God the special empowerment if you don't embrace and receive it you're frustrating it because God has already given it to you you don't use it you're frustrating it hallelujah it will produce no effect the word vain means no effect wasted wasted you have to embrace that grace. When you embrace it, the gifts start operating through you with manifestation. Galatians chapter 5 or 2 Corinthians 6. We'll read. Verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 1. It says, We then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive the grace of God, that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Look at that. That means, the word vain means 
wasted, empty or futile. If you are not embracing the grace, you are wasting it. You are wasting it. God has given you the power. If you don't step out, you are wasting the grace of God that God has given you. You have to embrace it. You have to recognize God has empowered me. The Holy Spirit is living in me. I have received power when the Holy Spirit came upon me. I'm, I have the power to be a powerful witness of Christ. So you, if you don't step out, you are frustrating the grace and it is being wasted. Paul is saying, don't frustrate the, gra the grace. Don't frustrate the grace. Don't let it go to waste. Hallelujah. Galatians 5 verse 4. Galatians 5 verse 4. It says, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. He said, you have fallen from grace. He did not say they lost their salvation. He's speaking to the Galatians. He said, you guys experienced the grace of God. You've tasted the grace of God. But now you have, you have turned your focus on the law. You are trying to fulfill the law. You are trying to focus on the Old Testament. You are trying to focus on living by the law. By doing that, you have fallen from the grace. The grace of God is given to you. The power is given to you. But now you are, you are neglecting it and you are turning back to the law. You are falling from the grace that is given to you. Hallelujah. One more verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Sorry. Hebrews 12. Sorry. Hebrews 12. Looking verse 15, Hebrews 12, verse 15, looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. Look at that. It says, you may fail the grace of God. The word fail means come up with a lack or deficiency. Hallelujah. God does not want any of us to be spiritually deficient. We are not supposed to be deficient spiritually. But if we frustrate the grace, if we don't embrace it and let it work through us, we are failing it. Hallelujah. So brother and sister, we, I want you to understand that God wants to use each one of us. He wants to see us being used to be a blessing for others. And the Holy Spirit wants to manifest the gifts through you. But if we don't have a proper understanding of the grace that is given to us to be used by God, we are frustrating that grace. We are frustrating that grace. And a lack of understanding and a lack of knowledge has led to a lot of misuse of this in the body of Christ. That's why we see a lot of Pentecostal tragedy. So many misusing of the spirit, of the, of the gifts. And so many lives affected. Hallelujah. So today I, I would like to encourage you. Start desiring these gifts to operate through you. We'll study about this in detail. And my desire is that each one of us be operating in the gifts. 
But it will not happen till we step out. We have to step out. The Holy Spirit is willing. If we don't step out, we are frustrating that grace. We are, we are failing that, uh, that grace. Hallelujah. God does not want it to be wasted. He wants to see each one of us being mightily used as a blessing. We all have a ministry. A ministry of reconciliation or restoring others to favor with God. And as we yield to that ministry, as we yield to it, we will see the, the, the gifts operating through us. And after we understand this, we will go back into the foundational doctrines because we see the, the only qualification the, the Corinthian church had was Paul taught them the foundations. He taught them the foundations and they started operating in the gifts. They, but what happened was they did not have a proper knowledge of it, so they misused it. Hallelujah. So I am preparing you so you can be ready to flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we praise you. We worship you. We thank you for this time. We thank you for your word. We receive your word with all meekness because that is the only thing that can save our souls. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Holy Spirit, you are willing. You are willing to use each one of us. And Father, we yield ourselves to your word, to your understanding. Thank you that our understanding is enlightened. That we make ourselves available and not frustrate the grace that you have given us, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father, for your mercies. Lord, we are sorry for the times where we frustrated the grace. We are sorry for the times where we failed the grace. But thank you that we are still the righteousness of God. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy. Thank you that you are willing to use us again. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I submit every person here under the sound of my voice that we will not miss the plan of God. We will fulfill our destiny. We will say like Paul said, we have run our race. We have finished our course. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, Amen.